Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Hey, good morning again. Uh, it's uh, 8 o'clock, right on the dot. And um, usually we have our opening with clips and our history fact, and we'll get to that. But Nancy Altman, president of Social Security Works, and a member of the Social Security Advisory Board. Uh, for, now, let me let me share this with you because, you know, yesterday, wow. I mean, we were talking about what was going on in Wisconsin, uh, the uh, what, what uh, Ron, Senator Ron Johnson up there was talking about. Uh, President Obama uh, spoke to it, uh, I think, brilliantly. Nancy Altman, and, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, we got just... What was it? Damn near two hours of calls. Yes. I mean, every time this issue comes up, this audience leaps on it with questions, comments, a whole list of things. We turn to Nancy Altman. 45-year background in the area of Social Security and private pensions. She is president of Social Security Works and chair of the Strengthened Social Security Coalition. Now, in 2017, she was appointed to a six-year term on the Social Security Advisory Board, a bipartisan, independent federal government agency that was established back in 1994 to advise the president, Congress, and the Commissioner of Social Security. I, I, I wanted to take the time to read that because I don't want to hear a bunch of folk calling up who's been listening to whatever, this or that. We got somebody who knows what the hell she's talking about. Okay, now, having said that, good morning, Miss Altman. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, and thank you for that introduction. This is such an important topic. So you, you, you know, where do you want to start? Uh, I, you know, yesterday, uh, like I said, you had former President Obama on the, on the stump uh, really going after Ron Johnson, the, the senator, who, by the way, has called Social Security a Ponzi scheme. Just respond to that. Yes. It, 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 he is just part of the MAGA Republicans that are cannot wait to get power to really not just cut Social Security and Medicare, but end them as we know it. I mean, they are so dripping with hostility that they can't even wait until after the votes are counted. They, they're talking about it now. And you're right. He has a long history of opposition to Social Security Calling it a Ponzi scheme is just a, a slander. It is, it's never missed a payment. It is, um, they're supporting all of us. We've all earned these benefits. They want to reach in our pockets and take money out of our pockets in the form of our Social Security benefits. But the good news is that if people vote, um, the Democrats want to expand Social Security, which is what we should be doing. Now, do do the wealthy, and these are questions that came up yesterday, do the wealthy pay more or less for Social Security? And someone called up and said, 
that um, if you make, and I think it was like means testing, if you, ma- if, if you make a certain amount of money, and I said, well, what amount? Oh, a million and a half. You shouldn't get Social Security. No, this is this is an earned benefit. This is compensation, so that uh, you know it's ins- it's insurance against the loss of wages. So if Bill Gates has fire insurance and his house burns down, he should he should uh, receive the benefit. And the same thing is true of Social Security. But what we should do is make sure that they pay their fair share. They're not contributing enough in. It's fine for them to get benefits the same way everybody else gets benefits. This is these are earnings. Um, But what we should do is make sure that uh, given the income and wealth inequality, that we should require the the millionaires and billionaires to contribute more and uh, expand everybody's benefits. Now, is Social Security insurance or uh, a pension? Well, it's both. It's a it's um, it's the people's pension. It is three forms of insurance. So. As long as, you know, people talk about the need to modernize Social Security, it's thoroughly modern. The concept is that as long as as people are dependent on wages and salaries to pay their necessities, they need insurance against the loss of those wages. You can become so disabled you can no longer work and lose your wages that way. You can become um, – you can die leaving dependents, um, and you need a replacement for those children – you may live, be fortunate and live to old age and retire, and you want to have your income replaced so you can live the rest of your life with dignity. Now, you also can be unemployed, and although people don't think of unemployment insurance as Social Security, it was part of the Social Security Act. What Social Security provides is life insurance, disability insurance, and what's called a joint and survivor annuity. It's a retirement um, benefit that you receive for your life and if you're married for the life of your spouse. Mm-hmm. And there's also the was the discussion about raising the retirement age to 70. Uh is is that is that pro or is that a negative or a positive? The re- reason I bring it up as it relates to particularly African Americans, our lifespan is, isn't even close to 70. No, it's a terrible idea. And it is, well, the reason it's in the news or the reason your viewers may have been aware of it is that it's not just Ron Johnson, although he's he's terrible on this, but the Republican Study Committee, which is a part of the um, um, House of Representatives Republicans. Yeah, we we talked about that in detail. they put out a plan to not just raise the age to 70, but index it so it goes up even higher than that. That is nothing less than a cross-the-board benefit cut. They don't want to talk about cutting benefits, but that's what they've done. We should, if anything, be lowering the age uh, so you can claim it before age 62, and we should also be expanding benefits so when you do claim your benefits, um, they are, are much more adequate than than they are. And let me actually jump in with one other point, and that is, this is these are Republicans up and down, even Mitt Romney and more moderate ones are talking about going behind closed doors and coming up with a deal. Kevin McCarthy, who is the minority leader in the House, but will be Speaker of the House if the Republicans win in November, he's 
talking about holding the debt limit, which has to be raised to not crash the economy, um, which is going to have to be raised this winter. He's talking about taking it hostage. That's how to cut our to come up to force cuts in Social Security and Medicare. That's how much they want to end this program. And uh, hypothetically, if they ended Social Security, obviously this would not be by one fell swoop. I, I assume it would be like, think, you know, piece by piece, yep. the old adage, how to eat an elephant one bite at a time. Yes. <laughs> um, but but uh, Nancy Altman, if, if it ended... What would be in? What would happen? What would be in its place? What could be in its place? Well, let me describe what the world was like in 1935 when Social Security was when President Roosevelt signed Social Security into law. At that time, people worked as long. They basically you worked till you die. You worked as long as you could, but obviously, you can't continue really. If you um, you can't always continue to work. And so what people did, they routinely moved in with their adult children. If they didn't have children or their relatives couldn't take them in or wouldn't take them in, they literally went to the poorhouse. It sounds like something out of you know Charles Dickens, but there were poor houses or poor farms in every state but New Mexico in 1935. And they were the people in those poor houses were people who'd been working their entire lives, but they got to be 60, 65, 70. They no longer could work, and they literally went to the poorhouse. And it was really like being in prison. Um, married couples were separated. You couldn't have, um, you know, you had just a little space. It was, it, but Social Security ended that. We don't have that today. And I think, you know, as much as, um there's part of the reason Republicans want to end Social Security. Part of it is that it puts the lie to their idea that government can't work. In fact, this is a program that works better than the private sector. But also, as you know, um, how much money does Wall Street get out of Social Security? Zero. How much does it get from 401ks and those sorts of things? 10%, 15%, all kinds of hidden costs. So some of that money would be siphoned off and go make inequality even worse. Um, and and people, workers, the ones who are so productive in our society and make our society function would be scrounging and just trying to do as best they could because you can't no, – only the very wealthy can save for retirement. It's really what you need is insurance, not um, – savings and wealthy can self-insure, but the rest of us have Social Security. Now, is the other thing, is Social Security, Nancy Altman, broke? No. Social Security has a $2.9 trillion surplus. It has about a trillion dollars of current income that comes through it every year. It's current funded, so the money is paid out. It does, it is forecasting. In fact, the craziness is that Social Security is extremely responsibly financed and managed. It, unlike the general fund of the of the government, which runs deficits every year, Social Security is um, has no borrowing authority. It cannot pay a penny of benefits unless it has the income to cover the costs. It is it does not add a penny to the deficit, 
And in fact, there are about 40 actuaries at the Social Security Administration because it is insurance. So you have actuaries looking at all the income and the outgo and projecting out. It doesn't project out just 10 years or 15 years or 20 years. It projects out 75 years every year, um, three quarters of a century, to reassure the American people that the money will be there. Wow. Whenever you project out that far, sometimes you're going to show a slight surplus, a slight deficit. It is projecting a shortfall. It's very manageable. It's more than a decade away. The Democrats have plans to expand Social Security, require the wealthy to pay more, and make sure that those benefits will be there for us, for our children, for our grandchildren. Now, now, so that I, under, I want people to understand uh, the Social Security Advisory Board. Is it nonpartisan, and, and what does it do? It's, it's actually bipartisan. It's got um, seven members, uh, one appointed by the Democrats in the House, one who, and that was who I was appointed by, one by the Republicans in the House, one by the um, Democrats in the Senate, one by the Republicans in the Senate, and the president gets three appointments. You have to have to be of both parties. Uh, we have we're um, part of the federal government. It's an agency, and so I'm a, a part-time federal employee. And what we do is we issue reports, we have forums, we study the issue, um, we uh, try to raise issues, for example. The Social Security Administration has been starved of resources, and field offices have been closed. Um, again, I think this is Republicans who really want to um, uh, take away the face of the government for the American people. Um, we've Social Security Works is urging that we expand field offices, but the um, advisory board on a bipartisan basis looks at things like um, uh, IT modernization. It looks at when people can't, oh, um, can't uh -huh. for you know that kind of thing. They representative payees. If someone can't uh, manage their own finances, how those people are selected, and those kinds of um, bipartisan issues where there's not a left or a right. You know, we just want efficient, good government. All right. Uh, your book is still out there. Social Security works for everyone. It, it can still be ordered. It is. Thank you. Uh, and it really sets straight all of the issues, including many that we just talked about, goes into much more detail about the point that it is there. It is um, the wealthiest country in the world. We should be expanding benefits and how we might want to expand those benefits and how to make the wealthy pay more so that uh, the program, as I say, is there for our children, our grandchildren, right. our great-grandchildren. All right. The book is titled Social Security Works for Everyone. Please, everybody, you can go online and order it. Nancy Altman, uh, we, I, I so appreciate you responding to our request because this is, is a, obviously a hot issue. Um, I, I do have one other question, as it, and, and that, and uh, you know, our, our show, because it is talk, um, it, it skews older. Yep. Why should young people, the younger generation, be concerned about this issue? Well, it's interesting. Sometimes people say, oh, I'm young, I'm not going to get benefits. Actually, young people are getting benefits today. First of all, it's the nation's largest children's program because 
um, it does provide it's we think of it as a program for older people, but it provides, as I said, disability benefits, survivor benefits, family benefits. It's really a family um, program. In addition, young workers are insured if they someone walks out and, God forbid, gets hit by a truck and is so uh, injured that they can no longer work. Disability benefits are there for them for the rest of their lives. If they, if worse, they die and they have young children, those benefits are there for their children until they reach 18 or 19 if still in high school. It used to be age 22 if they were attending post-secondary school, and that should be uh, not one way that the uh, program should be restored. But more important, I think of old people not just, we're not just looking out for our own benefits, we're looking out for our children's and our grandchildren's benefits. Young, the whole idea of Social Security is to provide a, a sense of security. Young people should be thinking about how to pay their student debts, how to start a family, how to, how to buy a house, how to uh, start their careers. They should, we um, as older people know how essential Social Security is, and we should be voting for our children. We should be urging them to vote as well. Um, but we... You know, children are not better off if their parent, grandparents mm-hmm. um, are living in poverty, and grandparents right. are not better off if their children aren't, grandchildren aren't educated. We all live together, and we should support each other, and this is a program that supports all of us. Uh, do you mind? Let me take a couple calls here. Uh, Kenneth uh, from Texas, uh, go ahead. You either had a question or a comment for Nancy Altman. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, my my question was, I've heard over the years that there had been presidents that had borrowed from Social Security and uh, for whatever uh, finances they was they were trying to get. And my question is, uh, had that money been repaid if that was a fact? And if not, why not? Social Security is a creditor of um, the uh, of the government. It. Just, you know, when it has a surplus, and this is something I'm so glad, Kenneth, you asked this question because there's a lot of confusion about this. The, the um, you know, when Social Security has a surplus, it doesn't just put the money under a mattress, it invests it. But from the beginning, Congress has required the Social Security trustees to invest it in the safest investment on earth, which is uh, – is um, U.S. Treasury bonds backed by the full faith and credit of the United States. They're the same kinds of bonds that the OPEC nations buy, that private pensions buy, that that you, would, you or I could buy on the market, uh, that China buys. And it would be an outrage for the federal government to default. That's what it would be if they didn't repay that money. Fortunately, they always have repaid that money. Um, there's a what the the president you may be thinking about is that during the Vietnam War to cover the costs of it, Lyndon Johnson called for a unified budget. So the surplus in Social Security hid the deficit in the general fund, but that's been changed um, in 1983. Congress said no, we're not doing that anymore, and Social Security is now separate from the budget. It was never really part of it, but it looked like it on the books. But the point is that these this is this is part of the um 
disinformation to undermine confidence in Social Security. Oh, Congress has stolen all the money. No, they've the money has been lent um, to the federal government, and they've repaid, uh, and it's always been repaid. But one thing to be to watch: one way they wouldn't have to repay it if they raised the retirement age to 70 and did other kinds of benefit cuts. So they, they didn't need all that money. Then it would just be sitting there. And But we've paid it, and it should be paid. Um, it's there for us. It's there to make sure that all our benefits get paid. Uh, Eli from Maryland, and that'll be the last question here. Go ahead, Eli. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Great, great, great. Uh, excellent subject. Uh, thank you very much for for, uh, for, your, for your insight. My question is, is there any part of Social Security being spent other than uh, our social, individual Social Security benefits? No. By, by law, the money is dedicated to Social Security. Your insurance contributions or premiums, FICA, the, um, is an, is, can only be paid. It's dedicated and can be, only be paid for Social Security. Part of the confusion, Eli, is – what Kenneth also talked about, when it's not being, when it's not needed to pay benefits, it's invested. Where is it invested in Treasury bonds? What happens to those Treasury bonds? The bondholder spends it. That's why they issue bonds. But it has to be repaid. It always has been repaid. And if it's needed, the trustees can go to can go to Treasury and say, okay, give us your money. And in fact, bonds are being. Um, um, reach maturity and are being cashed out all the time, and Treasury's always paying that money. So, excellent question. But the bottom line is, Social Security is there for all of us, but we got to keep an eye on um, Republican MAGA Republicans because they definitely want to reach in our pockets and pull that money out. We're the wealthiest country in the world. We should be expanding benefits, definitely not cutting them. But we've got to uh, keep watch of, of what right. they do. Thank you. Uh, Nancy Altman, appreciate it. Thank you so much, and have a, a great week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.